The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roy Network. Also presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by Collar and Elbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. Also, our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Mentioned Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all your vape juice and accessories. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. To listen to the podcast, of course, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Castbox, and the majority of those other podcatchers out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe, and I'm Carl Caravel. All right, Carl. Another world. Another another world. Another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, Carl. It almost feels kind of another world with some of the stuff that's kind of been going on lately here. But uh, I figured we'd start off with something kind of surprising. Last week on Monday Night Raw, I don't know about you or any of our listeners here, but I actually tuned in for the whole show. Believe it or not. I actually did as well. Uh, for the first time, I was able to be off on a Monday, so I was able to catch the entire episode of raw it was a strange one carl and by that i mean it felt very non-vince mcmanish because he wasn't even there yeah i mean story has it is uh (laughs) something ticked him off and he stormed out and just left everything wasn't at gorilla wasn't anywhere to be found and the show i don't even know who the show was run by to be honest with you but yeah. the show was run by somebody else and let me tell you if this is not telling of how well wwe can be without vince mcmahon calling the shots i don't know what is that was the original rumor and the speculation that he had stormed out of the production meeting and whatnot but Apparently, now that some time has kind of passed, I think that he was actually off doing some XFL stuff and, and wasn't present for that. And uh, Mr. Paul Heyman was, uh, I don't think he took a spot in the production meeting, but Paul was right into the production meeting. So, yeah, it, it was strange. It's like we went from one week to, to that week, and just the, the whole show had a very different feel about it. Even just the, the promos that the wrestlers were giving before we went to the matches, they felt very spontaneous, very short and to the point. Even, even Sami Zayn, who virtually gets no time to do any of this kind of stuff on a, on a usual basis, even his came out very short, very to the point, very precise, and did what it was supposed to do. It just, it, it was it was strange to watch an episode of Raw that it just, it felt like it, it wasn't flawless by any means, but it, it flowed very nicely it definitely did, and it was very weird how everything just kind of happened. And, and, I mean, whatever happened, <laughs> whatever it is, we have absolutely no clue, but yep. it was good. Mm-hmm. And, and and 
I don't I don't know about you, but I was very happy with that episode yeah. of Raw and the way things went and how things flowed and just the entire show seemed to be pretty on point all the way up until the very end. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that, that clearly was something that was said in place before and went on and something that they, they had to do and they just yeah it, it it was what it was but um you know i'm willing to to give them a pass cuz the majority of the show was good you're right it definitely was so we went from that curl to the following day where vince was clearly um behind what was going on here mm. and this was very much highlighted by Something that I will play the, the clip of. I don't know if you've uh, seen or heard this at all, Carl, but we'll insert the clip here for our listeners and then we will talk about it. This guy. Well, from the minute that cowardly liar, Buddy Murphy, tried pinning this on my good friend, I tried telling you and I tried telling the whole world that Eric Rowan is an innocent man, but you wouldn't listen. The whole world, they wouldn't listen. So I had to go to extreme lengths to find who is guilty myself, to exonerate Eric Rohn. That's just what I did. That's what I did. I found the man who nearly ended your career. Are you ready? This is him. So there you go, Carl, and everybody listening. For me, this all comes down to just th- this segment, the whole feel, the result of it. It's just, it, there's no other way for me to call it other than it just it feels like an insult to my intelligence as a fan of professional wrestling at this point. It really does. I mean, this this was just something that seems to feel as though it was just kind of thrown together. It was a last minute idea, um, even though it probably wasn't. I mean, it's probably something that's been in the works for a while. And, and you know, this whole like doppelganger thing going on here. I mean, I just I I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, is this a new talent? Like, where are they going with this? What's happening? You know, I uh, I'm not understanding so even if uh, our listeners right now, if you rewind and, li- and listen to to the segment again, and, and I, I really mean listen, you know, when they they lift up the um, the curtain, they lift up the, the veil, the the, the the cloth covering the guy's head. If you listen very carefully in the background, you can hear the live audience literally laughing. <laughs> you can hear like chuckles. They're like, really, really, we, we we did all that to get this whole road to get to to this. Yeah, and backstory for everybody who might not even understand what's kind of going on with that whole audio clip there. Uh, so Roman Reigns was attacked backstage. Some uh, scaffolding or or yeah. uh, set was pushed down over top of him, and oh, he got hurt and needed to you know be be taken out of there. And then he's all mad and he's trying to find out who the uh, attacker was. And then I believe it was Buddy Murphy says, "Oh, it was Rowan." And not not Daniel Bryan, but just Rowan. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we kind of come to this, you know, next show here, SmackDown. And then it's revealed that and and they played it out throughout the entire 
uh, shows. So the entire yeah. two hours, they they were kind of leading up to this big reveal. And this guy is sitting in a back room in a chair with this hood over his over his head. Mm-hmm. And then they reveal it. And it's just somebody that looks like Rowan. <laughs> uh, sitting there just watching it, Carl. Just uh, up, up to this point, it, I was kind of optimistic. It was like they're, they're actually a little bit of intrigue. They're actually giving it a little bit of a hook to tune into the following episode of the show. And for, for just to, to result in, in, in this, it just, it, it, it boggles the mind. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, it's almost like a slap in the face to my intelligence. And, and just hoping for so much more. And they could have set up a rivalry with an actual talent and whatnot. Just, it, it's, it's such a bizarre choice. And, I don't understand why. Me either. I I don't (laughs) get it. And uh, it's something that I don't want to spend too much time thinking about just because it's it's stupid. Believe it or not, it's not going to be the stupidest thing that uh, we're going to talk about in this episode, kind of hinting at something later, but it definitely ranks up there. Yes, it does. So going from that to some non-WWE stuff here, Carl, and something that I had kind of feared that could possibly happen with all this kind of going on. And what I'm talking about are all of these AEW talents working all of these independent shows. I mean, I mean all over the place. All these guys and girls are, have been very, very busy coming leading up to All Out and to the, the debut on TNT here. And specifically, this one's a doozy, Carl. And I'm going to read the actual tweet from, uh, from Twitter. This is from Mr. John Moxley. I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news, but I'd rather it come directly from me. In a nightmare scenario, a serious case of MRSA has returned in my elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, I am forced to pull out. And I, I don't really like how you word the, uh, the, the fight with Omega at all out here. But um, yeah, Carl, this is, I, I was worried that this could happen. And he's not the only case. Phoenix, Pentagon Jr.'s partner, is also supposedly very seriously injured. The, the speculation is actually a broken leg. So... This is not good. They need to start locking these folks down. I'm going to kibosh your entire thing right now. So this is not because they're working independent shows. This is a situation that John Moxley has been uh, living with for a while, and it's something that has flared back up. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with him working any independent shows. As well as Phoenix, it has come out that... He is perfectly fine. Okay. He is working. We're, we're recording on Sunday. Yep. Breaking kayfabe. Third wall <laughs> broken down. Yep. He, he's working tonight. Hmm. He is legit working tonight. Okay. It was, it was an injury, yes, but it wasn't as severe as everybody made it out to be. Okay. And I think that that's just trying to fear monger everybody into exactly uh, what you were perceiving there is yeah. that, oh, these guys all working these independent shows, they're getting hurt and they're take being, having to be taken out of these bigger shows and all of this stuff. You, you, you got to remember here, these people are independent professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They're not making money from AEW right now. Right. They have to go and make their money. So they have to go and work these independent shows no matter what. Until AEW can start giving them a steady paycheck because they're on TV every week and they're doing these bigger shows. They have to go and and, and make a living. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, once we get to that point, though, I think that we need to start cracking down a little bit, though. 
I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's it's all depending on how much they're getting. True. I mean, do you think, you know, like the uh, librarians, do you think that they're going to be getting the same kind of money that, you know, Kenny Omega is or the Young Bucks or even John Moxley? See, that's the big question. And we still don't really know either. Right. So. Well, it, exactly. But mm. I mean, historically, taking a look at things, how how the professional wrestling business has worked. And I understand that AEW is trying to change the way things are. Yep. But I, I don't think that they're going to be giving the same amount of money to. No all the same people uh, that's this just not going to happen so you're still going to have the librarians let's say that are going to have to go and maybe do a couple of independent shows somewhere to make a couple extra dollars yeah i'm, I'm hoping that they can give them enough to where they don't have to do that though that, that's uh, that, that's my hope and maybe where this change could come in place that um that Cody and one of the, that they've really been kind of preaching lately because it would be nice for them to, to not have to, especially some of these folks like Darby Allen, like Jimmy Havoc, like Joey Janela and whatnot that really like to push the envelope, especially for some of these independent crowds where it's, you have a pretty small group of people here and you don't need to be going and killing yourself there for, for, for a small audience when you have a contract with a, with an up and coming big company like AEW. That's very true, but I mean, the mind of a professional wrestler is you're going out there to entertain no matter what, no hey. matter if there's five people in the crowd or if there's 500,000 people in the crowd, you give it the, the exact same every time you go out because they are your bread and butter. Hey man, I, I get it. I, I have tons of independent wrestlers on, on my social media, on Facebook, and you see these guys posting, you know, they, they, they clearly love what they're doing and whatnot. And, and I, I completely get and understand that, that aspect of it. At the same time, you need to be careful, especially so this is going to potentially be a big company here. You know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. No, and I, I totally understand that as well, but I don't know. I don't know. I think we're just going to have different views on it no matter what, which is uh, pretty common on <laughs> Turnbuckle Talk. But, I mean, coming from somebody who's worked in the business and yep. has been in the ring and has been to those shows that have five people and been to those shows that have 500 people or 1,000 people, you, you give it the same no matter what. And, For sure. I mean... No matter if you're working for a big company like like AEW, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows what the future is with AEW right now. They could be a, be a one-trick pony and only be there for a year. We have absolutely no clue right now. The cons may decide to pull out because, you know, uh, TV numbers aren't where they should be or something like that. And then what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. Now their names are now kind of lost because they haven't been working these independent shows and now they're having to really start over again and build up their name and their brand again yeah. and that's a difficult task to do and we still don't really have a solid answer or or whatnot for being able to watch it here in canada legitimately i think that's still up in the air as well i think possibly the mm -hmm. score or fi tv or a couple of our real possibilities but nothing set in stone that i've seen yet so yeah, me either. <laughs> We're definitely not going to be naysayers here. We obviously want AEW and, of course, WWE to be successful, but we need to tread carefully sometimes. True. Okay, Carl. So we were just hinting at All Out is coming up very, very soon. It's actually creeped up, and it's coming sooner than <laughs> I kind of realized. It's August 31st. By the time we record our next episode, it'll have happened here. So I figured we'd sit down, and something we haven't actually done in a little while is actually break down a 
card of matches for a show. So let's go through this one with all out here with the pre-show. There's going to be a, a couple pre-show matches. They, they could possibly add a third one. I don't know yet because we're only at nine total when you include the pre-show. I would imagine that they're likely going to kick off with this one here, Carl. This is Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. This is an interesting matchup and, a, and a interesting and a good one to kick off with, I think. It definitely is. All four people that are going to be in this match, they can go. They know how to work. They're not household names right now. Um, short of maybe uh, Angelico, mm. maybe, right? But, like, this is super good for these uh, young, up-and-coming talents to be able to showcase what they can do to really kick off a show. Like, I love this, this pre-show. Uh, I love having a pre-show with just, like, one or two matches on it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because they, it really sets the tone and precedence for a pay-per-view. And I think that these guys can really go out there and show what the main card is really going to look like. It's interesting, and I'm, I'm really going to be curiously watching to see what Private Party does. Because they very much, there's the comparison has obviously been put out there that, that these guys are the same as the Street Profits. And yeah. I can definitely see the similarity there. So I'm interested to see what they'll do here to kind of set themselves apart. Because, I mean, both guys are extremely athletic, tons of charisma, all the the capability in the ring and whatnot, and they work with a couple of great guys there. So I think that they could really knock it out of the park with this first match and be like, hey, you know, next time we want to be on the main card. So that's right. And there's yeah. nothing saying that they can't, if they put on <laughs> a really good show, uh, in the, in the pre-show or in the buy-in pre-show as yep. they call it, definitely they could 100% be main card at the next showing that happens. The next one for the pre-show is going to be this 21 women casino battle Royal. And I'm really hoping that kind of like the little vignette that they did, that they'll have Jake at the show and that they'll, they'll, They'll have him there kind of presenting the, this whole thing. Now, for the participants, we only know a certain number of them here. It's said to be 21, and we only know for sure that we have Nyla Rose, we have Britt Baker, we have Allie, Brandy Rhodes, Teal Piper, of course, Evilise, Jazz, and a couple other ones. And then there's 12 other ones that still are to be determined here. Carl, this thing is wide open for who can appear at this. It definitely is. And I mean, some of these names, like people really don't even know. And I mean, like, uh, I'll run through the names that I have written down here super quick. We got Britt Baker. We have Jazz, mm-hmm. um, which is, is she's almost coming out of retirement yep. to to come in to do this. Uh, Sadie Gibbs, Teal Piper, um, Teal Piper being Rowdy Roddy Piper's Hell daughter. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big Swole, uh, Ariel Monroe, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Allie. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki Oof, and Ivelisse. Yes. So, like, those are all the names that we know of right now. And honestly, if it's even just all of those names, <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Who's one that's on your radar that's not on this list that could show up, Carl? Oh, I don't. I don't even know to be honest. That's. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> the big one that stands out to me is Tennille Dashwood. She, I, I don't, I don't know if she's actually signed on the dotted line when it comes to Impact, or if maybe she's agreed to do this before actually starting with Impact. To me, that, that that's the biggest significant name that stands out that could possibly show up to this thing. That's a huge possibility, right? You know, we have 
Tessa Blanchard. You know, there's a lot of real household names that, that could show up in this match, all depending on contractual statuses and working relationships and what have you. I mean, this thing, like, literally more than half the field here is wide open that they're going to be, I think, a bunch of surprises. So I'm really, really curious to see that this, this could be a very, very interesting match, to say the least. It definitely can be. Now, now do you think with all of the former... Uh, World Wrestling Federation or World <laughs> Wrestling Entertainment yeah. stars that they've been pulling in. Do you think that there's a possibility that maybe they could, you know, maybe talk to like Alita or uh, Sable or wow. Medusa or anything like that to have them come in and do some work with AEW? Medusa, I could absolutely see doing something like that. Lita, I think she's still pretty loyal to to Vince in the WWE, so I think that one could be a potentially bit of a stretch. Um, I'm trying to think of other big names that, you know, even that we know personally, you know, I mean, obviously we can roll Jazzy up because she is signed with WWE. Uh, Madison Miles, um, who knows? You know, she's uh, been working with some pretty significant names. You know, she could be somebody that could slide in there. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I'll be I'll be very curious. There's going to be a lot of surprises, and you know me, and listeners know me. When it comes to this, I like the element of the surprise, and this is going to have tons of them. It will. It definitely <laughs> will. So what I'm predicting will likely be the curtain jerker. When I mean that, the first match for the the proper show here is likely going to be the tag team match of the best friends, which of course is Chuck Taylor and Trent Breda versus the Dark Order. This is going to be for our first round buy in that AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament. And who better to kick off with the current jerker than the best friends? These guys are known to do, do, they do this all the time and they do a good job. So I think that that's likely who's going to be the first match. I'm honestly hoping that that is the case. Yep. I would love to see the best friends go out there and really uh, just just as Private Party is is going to do. <clears throat> these two guys are going to go out there and really put on a show and even a clinic for mm-hmm. the people to really uh, set the tone for the main card itself. And I mean, it, it would be an awesome idea. But mm-hmm. at the same time. Are we going to start with Private Party? Are we going to start with a tag team on the pre-show and then start with the tag team match again on the main card? Or do you think that it should be mixed up a little bit? Hey, they've said leading up to all this and whatnot that with AEW that that, um, even Cody said tag team wrestling is going to be something important to us. So I, I could totally see them leading off with this. Good idea, then. <laughs> they have stated that they, they want tag team wrestling to be something important again. And clearly, I mean, we're going to have three tag team matches on this card. So That's right, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, if I had to pick out of that, I, I'm thinking probably Dark Order will probably get the win because they seem to kind of be pushing those guys as a kind of like a heel group. So I could see them probably getting the win on that one. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a difficult difficult situation to kind of go with there. Um, I mean, you have the heels going over on the curtain jerker for the show, um, yep. right? You have the bad guys winning. Yeah, people might be a little bit like, <laughs> oh, really? The bad guys won? Oh, right? And then, See? you know, you yep. kind of have that kind of sinking feeling to you. But if you got, you know, the best yep. friends, yep. right? Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T., 
uh, you know, high octane guys yes. and they <laughs> go over in the first match of the card. Now you've got the crowd very hyped up. They're super happy. That's the true. best friends won and they're going to have that excitement going into the rest of the card. We will see which way that they go about it. Yeah. After that, I'm thinking likely they'll do Riho versus... Uh, I, I always apologize ahead of time. I am horrible with Japanese and Chinese names, so I will give them this one a shot. Hikaru Shida. It's actually a little bit easier than I was expecting. <laughs> this is going to be... I won't say that this is like the filler or the piss break or the break kind of match, but for when I, when I look at this whole card, this one's definitely, I would say, the low point. I, I don't really know much about these talents, and a little bit that I have seen, I've been kind of, yeah, it, it's good, but it's not really my bag, so to speak. But I, I'm still going to watch it, but I, I'm thinking that this it's kind of like the one, you know, if I, if I need to go grab some knee while this is happening, I don't feel like I'm missing out on a lot. Definitely not. Um, don't sleep on these guys, though. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. I mean, if you're going to go grab something, go grab something super quick and yeah. get back so that you guys can familiarize yourselves with these two talents. Um, not saying that they're terrible, no. but they, they can work still as well, and they can put on a decent show if they need to. Um, but, I mean... With them being the smaller names that are on the card, I think they almost have the same feeling of, yeah, we're just the smaller names and, yeah, w whatever, right now, mm -hmm. we'll wait until we get our push and then, yep. you know, whatever, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it should be a good match as well. I mean, anything coming out of AEW should be a good match. So For hopefully sure. this is uh, not going to be a botch at all and that this will be a good match for us. I think so, and if you like Japanese women's uh, wrestling, you're, you'll you'll definitely enjoy this. And uh, you might hate me right now for for not uh, being much on this match, but I, I just don't, I'm, I'm obviously willing to give them a chance. It, it very much feels like it's going to be kind of like the cruiserweight type situation in WCW, where they're they're going to bring them out to kind of keep the energy going in the show to kind of bridge over to the next match. Yeah, and I think that's definitely what's going to happen. I mean, I honestly, I could even see this with these two being uh, the curtain jerker. Yeah, that's possible right? too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we're going to go from this high of a women's casino battle royale mm -hmm. to let's showcase the women again. Right. And I mean, they're they're the only the only other match on the card that that is including women. So, yep. you know, it'll be interesting to see if they if they make it near the beginning or if they kind of put it in the middle uh, somewhere. But yeah, I honestly I'm thinking that this is probably going to be the curtain jerker. OK. Now, I, what I'm I th what I'm thinking is going to come up next. And I think people are going to probably think that I'm out of my mind when it comes to this. But I'm going to say that. We're getting close to that mid kind of uh, card spot here. I'm thinking that the, the next match, believe it or not, is probably going to be the match with Cody and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard in his corner. I think that this is going to, I, I think this is very much Cody. He wants to give his, uh, his buddies kind of more of the spotlight when it comes to this. So I think that uh, this is probably around where this match is going to happen. I think so as well. I mean, it's kind of been that way through, um, you know, through the other shows that they've done. Yep. Um, some of the bigger name are in the mid level of the uh, of the cards. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely, I think that this is 100 percent going to be more mid level. And uh, yeah, I mean, I you don't really have to say much more about this match. I mean, it's it's Cody and Sean Spears, yep. right? Um, for those of you who don't know the name Sean Spears, WWE, Ty Dillinger, Perfect 10, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
that's who we're looking at. So this this is going to be a good match. It definitely will be. You know, the, the build's been great for it. They've done it properly. We played the, the clip of Brandy uh, talking about Cody last week. The Tully Blanchard in the corner of Sean Spears. It's got a little bit of everything with this. And uh, honestly, I know it's heel versus baby face in this, but regardless of who wins, I'm going to dig it, I think. It, it's going to be an interesting match to see two former WWE guys on a AEW card in what will be probably a marquee match. It's it's definitely going to uh, turn some heads, I think, once it's all said and done, that uh, even people in the WWE are probably going to go, hmm, that was interesting. You know who win this, wins this match? Everybody. That's right. <laughs> Everybody wins. We win that match. That's who. So I'm thinking after that, Carl, we're probably going to have Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc in a three-way match. It looks like it's just going to be a straight-up match, although I'm thinking with the history of these guys that, uh, you know, who knows, they might throw a stipulation in there in the last minute, but uh, this has got car crash <laughs> written all over it, dude. It definitely does. I think probably what we're going to see is a buildup to a kind of hardcore stipulation happening so. with this match. Yeah. Um, maybe we're going to have like uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc going and taking out Darby Allen or something. <laughs> and um, yeah. then it just kind of progressing from there and Darby Allen going to somebody and being like, hey, you did this, you know, he hit me from behind, you know, let's make this. Uh, and anything goes and let's just really go out there. Uh, that's what I want. Give it to me. And then, you know, you're going to have Joey Janela kind of standing back and going, what did I get into? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm a fan of all three guys. Although the one in the middle, Joey Janela, I might have a bit of a beef with him later on in the episode. We'll get to that, but it's going to be an interesting match. And I would love to see a hardcore stipulation thrown in there. Just don't go crazy. That's all I'm going to say. That's right. I mean, we already kind of saw a little bit of crazy and I mean, it was, it was totally unintentional, but that chair shot that, uh, that Cody took and, yeah. you know, like that was a massive amount of, of blood that was coming out of the back of his head. Yep. We don't need to see that. I mean, you want to see that go watch like CZW or something and you'll see yeah. that all day long. But, um, yeah, AEW really doesn't need that, but to yeah. have a good kind of hardcore division, like if we see Jimmy Havoc coming out and like using a staple gun, yeah, um, or, or not a staple gun, but like a stapler, one of the big industrial staplers on somebody, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're used to from a Jimmy Havoc. Mm -hmm. So if if that's what we get, I'll be happy with what we're used to. <laughs> Absolutely. Next up, I think that they're probably going to go. This is actually would have been Moxley's spot here, but uh, we're going to have Pac versus Kenny Omega in a singles match here. I think that this is where likely where this match will fall here. This is interesting because this whole kind of scenario is kind of come full circle with these guys with Pac uh, set to have a match earlier on, and that had to be kind of at next, and then now Moxley's out, now Pac's back in. So this is a, an interesting matchup. These two guys, very at sometimes similar styles and approaches and whatnot. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. These two guys, to the best of my knowledge, have never had a match before. So this is an interesting thing. It's kind of being thrown together at the last minute, but I think that these guys can deliver. I think this is going to be a classic give and take match. We're going to see offense from both yeah. guys. We're going to see defense from both sides. I mean, it's it's going to be just an all-out professional wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Now, given how Moxley will be feeling at this point, 
I have a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, he's not set to appear. You know, he's going through this. I have a feeling that if he's at all capable, that he's going to get involved in this at some in some capacity. Um, I mean, given the circumstances right now, I I can't see that. Yeah. Uh, if he does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. But I think he's actually going to take the time to kind of step back and just, you know, get himself to 100 mm-hmm. percent for when TV starts in October. And I don't think anybody's actually considered this. And something that's kind of my MO when it comes to this kind of stuff. Is there any chance that the stuff with Moxie was a work at all? No. No? Okay. I No. Uh, I don't believe so at all. Okay. I, I'm inclined to think that too. But then I realize who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a guy that used to be called the Lunatic Fringe. So <clears throat> I think anything is kind of possible here. But it definitely feels legitimate and just the way he kind of worded the post. And it doesn't feel cryptic or anything at all. But, hey, this is the world of professional wrestling, man. Anything can happen. We didn't. I didn't expect him to show up and start all this craziness to begin with. So Right. Going from that to some more craziness here, we're going to have the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks in a match. This is going to be for the actually for the AAA World Tag Team Championship, and there's an actual name for this kind of match. And I'm actually looking at it here because I've never seen this before. But I want to see what this is actually about here. They're calling it an Escalera de la Muerte match, and I believe that this is essentially a ladder match. That is correct. <laughs> uh, the, uh, my Spanish, my Mexican is horrible, but I think I actually. Uh, said it correctly there. Th- th- this sounds like almost like a ladder war type situation. That's exactly what it is. It's just yeah. going to be like your typical ladder match. Um, yep. They're just kind of using the, uh, you know, the AAA name that they have for it and yep. using like the Lucha names and, and Mexican names and Spanish or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're just using that to kind of give it a little bit more of an allure, I guess you could say when it yep. comes to the match. But at the end of the day, it's a ladder match. Absolutely. And the only thing I'll say about it is, guys, you know, I'm a fan of, of everybody involved in this match. Just don't die, please. Don't die before we get to TV, please. That's right. <laughs> so going from that to what I think will likely be the main event for the show, at least how, uh, how I would go about booking this whole thing, I think that we're going to end with the AEW World Championship match between Adam Page and Chris Jericho. You got to put it on Jericho, would you not? Why? I think that he's he's the household name. I, I think going into television, I think you want to have Chris Jericho as your champion. Just because he's the household name? I think so. To to gather like especially the audience that they're after, which is like likely the the, the jaded WWE fan that likely likes Chris Jericho, I think that they're going to want him as the champ. I agree. Yeah. Yep, I I, I really do. Uh, I was just trying to, uh, you know, get you going a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, like, nothing I, against I Page. You have to, nothing yeah. against Page whatsoever. He's great. Oh yeah, but he's not Chris Jericho. Okay, that's right. Right, and I mean, you're not gonna. You, this isn't gonna end. You're not gonna have this as their final matchup. Oh, together. absolutely not. This is gonna continue on, and this is gonna flow over onto TV. So we're gonna continue to see. Uh, Hangman, Adam Page, and Chris Jericho in contests. And I mean, it's going to be phenomenal for all the fans. And at some point, 
a little bit down the road after they've gotten onto TV and they start pulling those numbers and they start bringing, as you call them, the jaded WWE fans yep. over to all elite wrestling, mm-hmm. then we will see a title change and have it go to Adam Page so that he can become the household name. Yep, it's it's said to be a really good show, Carl. And one thing about this too, before we get to our next topic here, is something that we've been kind of hinting at and talking about. And I actually saw a picture. I think it was a uh, Jargo that uh, posted this. And it was a picture of the television listings for TNT drama, and listed there was all elite wrestling worded that way it looks like before all of they're going to actually air like a little bit of like a special type of a thing and i love that it's worded on their all elite wrestling they're doing it right yeah we talked about that on a previous podcast a couple of weeks ago and that's exactly how you and i both said that they should do it yep um you know like if, if you're gonna just have the uh the three letters then you have it afterwards mm-hmm. in brackets Right. Something like that. But you you clearly have to have all elite wrestling listed there. And clearly they understand that as well. And that's the direction they're going. Absolutely. I dig it. (coughs) Excuse me. All right. So going from the three letters of AEW back over to the other three letters, WWE, they seem to be starting their own podcast network here, Carl. This uh, has me with some mixed feelings overall. Well, then go ahead and talk about those mixed feelings <laughs> with myself and the viewers. I'm seeing it from a couple of different approaches, and I think that them starting their own podcast network, I think, could draw some some more attention to wrestling podcasts. At the same time, too, it, it, it's uh, as kind of smaller time guys here, it almost feels kind of a little bit of a gut shot that, uh, you know, the big companies get in here and uh, hopefully it doesn't take away from the audience that we have. That's my only concern. I feel that we put out a good enough product that people are going to listen to both. Yeah. If they so so choose. And I really hope that they do as well. And I I just hope that they kind of go about it the right way too. And not, you know, they, they, they've done a little bit of it here on the network and, the whole kind of presentation, as somebody who you know sits down in, a, in an actual kind of studio setup, you know, I have, I have a good microphone and equipment and whatnot. And like even when they they did the WWE version of the Stone Cold podcast, where they had like the fake microphone on the desk and stuff like that, I, I never liked the whole presentation of it. So I'm just hoping that you know they'll, they'll bring in some good podcasting talent from out in the podcasting world. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, lol. And to, to actually kind of make some of this feel a bit more legitimate when it comes to podcasting. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and we're not LOLing. We're, we're legit 100% serious here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want a good quality podcast from Canada with a couple of dudes who, one, has been in the business and worked inside the ring, and two, been fans for like 25 years, if not more, yep. then we are what you are looking for. Definitely. I, I think this is going to be a good thing. I think it's going to really uh, put a, a focus on to uh, professional wrestling podcasts. Um, uh, on my end, at least, unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to uh, start to do a little bit more when it comes to the social media and the branding and yeah. making sure that the Turnbuckle Talk 
podcast name is out there a little bit more, um, which might mean including, you know, like a little bit of cash to be able to get the SEOs uh, up on Google and stuff like that, (laughs) because that's going to be essentially where people are going to go. They're going to Google for, uh, you know, wrestling podcast. Right. And then hopefully our name will kind of be up there with some of the bigger ones. That would be fantastic to see for sure. So going from that to before we go to our showstopper segment for this week here, Carl, the, the, this topic I, th- I think we can uh, kind of get into here. This is to do with mid-card talent in the, the WWE now that we're going to have three full-fledged shows here. We're going to have three hours of Raw every week. We're going to have two hours of SmackDown every week, and we're going to have two hours of NXT every week. Is this going to possibly give some room for the mid-card group in WWE now? Definitely it will. I mean, you're still going to need your mid-card players no matter what. Yeah. Um, No matter if they are just there to build the top-tier talent, you're still going to need those mid-cards because you're going to have with the same matches with the top-tier guys all the time, and it's just going to get boring and mundane. So you need those mid-cards to kind of spice things up a little. I think we could see a good majority of them, I think, shift over to NXT because they're going to have an hour more to fill every week than they're used to. And whenever we're seeing, you know, Brazongo, uh, Tyler Breeze, and uh, and whatnot, uh, venturing back over there, Apollo Crews. So I think that th- this is an avenue for those guys to kind of get a bit of a showcase now because they're going to not just be on the network anymore. They're going to be on USA Network. So it, it, it's I, I think it's a good thing. Still, though... I don't think we had mentioned it last week. I, I, I'm worried for NXT going forward. It's definitely not going to be the same anymore. But I'm just I'm hoping that 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 at least they stay true to what it's kind of been about. Who knows, man? It's there's some positives there, but there's a whole lot of negatives too. Yeah, there definitely is. And I mean, in regards to uh, you know main card talent uh, going to work on NXT, uh, if there's a few, I'm I'm okay with that. But y- yeah. you got to remember as well, like the WWE has a performance center, and this performance center yeah. is you know where they're grooming the next WWE workers to come. And where are they going to go? They're going to go to the NXT show yeah. first. Now, if you have it saturated with all of these guys from Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. that's it's not going to leave any room for these guys that are coming up. Yep. There's more than enough talent on NXT right now for them to be able to put on a two hour show. Yep. So you need to kind of watch in that aspect because you don't want to oversaturate NXT with mid card talent and then not have any room for your up and coming. You had mentioned there, uh, I'm glad that you brought it up because we haven't really mentioned it in quite a while. That performance center is one of the things that will definitely give WWE props for. It, it's a really good thing, even for wrestlers coming back from injury or whatnot. It, it, it's, it's a place for them to go to go and kind of rehone their skills, get rid of the ring rust. And for some of these athletes coming in to be wrestlers and some of these ones that are coming from the independent scene that come over to, to kind of really hone their skills and fine tune things. It, it's a really, really good thing. And one of the, yeah, one of the few things that I will very much give WWE props for the performance center is very much a positive thing. It's something that they do right. I'll give them credit. That's right. So, we're going to take a brief break here, Carl, and we're going to come back. 
was something that we, I think we have finally discovered something that we both equally hate just as much. And we're going to come back with that shortly. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com where you can get 10% off when using promo code JK Podcast at the checkout, including this week's featured product, the Who Do You Ever Beat t-shirt. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold coming from you from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm with Joe and Carl for Turnbuckle Talk. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and it is that favorite segment of the week for our podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at our show stopper segment yeah all right carl before we get into all this craziness with the showstopper segment this week just a little disclaimer that it will likely contain some adult language so if you're at all too sensitive when it comes to swears i just warn you guys ahead of time that this might get a little crazy when it comes to this topic all right you guys may actually see a little bit of um Angry Canadians coming out with this segment here. So, yeah, you've been forewarned. <laughs> okay, Carl. I'm not really sure how to go about starting with all this kind of madness here, but um, superhuman. Okay, so this is a guy. This is a kid. It looks like he's probably in his early to mid-20s. Clearly, I mean, just when you listen and watch his videos, that there's there's obviously something wrong with him mentally. Okay, let's get that right in the open right to begin with. I was kind of okay with this kind of stuff when it was just the random kind of stunts that he was kind of doing. It was like, uh, okay, yeah, whatever. The minute any kind of wrestling context came into this is where I really started to have problems, Carl. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is this is a guy that is putting a uh, honestly a bad cloud and a bad. Uh, take on professional wrestling um, to give you a little bit of context in one of his uh, videos that he did. And, and honestly, I've only watched three of them to see uh, no four of them to see okay. kind of uh, what, what this is. Um, Cause I don't want to give this idiot any more publicity and I don't want to give this guy any more views on YouTube, mm-hmm. but he's, he's literally standing up on a table and he's, he says, oh, something about this is the somebody and somebody show, and then it's totally inaudible. Yep. And then all you hear is, don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. And then he takes his shirt off, and then he, he he yells out some expletives, and then he front flipped onto barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Now, now, don't try this at home. And yet he's doing just that. Right? Another issue that I have here, Carl, with this before, and we're going to get quite a bit into this. So this is like, uh, I'm almost kind of, I'm, I'm excited kind of talking about this and kind of pissed off at the same time. The, 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 lately, there's this guy that looks like is a professional trained wrestler with him. Why is he doing this with this kid? Why? 
Because I doubt that he's a, a professionally trained wrestler. I think this is probably just these two idiots that are out there trying to make a name for themselves. And, you know, the one guy's wearing a Lucha mask, which, yeah, now you're putting a dark cloud over the Lucha Libres, you stupid idiot. Um, and, and he's going out there. And I think that that's all that it is. Right. Like, I mean, the guy's a little bit more jacked than than, you know, a normal person would look. And he's wearing a lucha mask. Is he trained? Probably not. Hmm. When these videos are coming up here, and this is another thing that that kind of perplexes me and and wonders what is going on with YouTube and whatnot. I'm not even subscribed to this friggin guy's channel and I'm getting notifications every time these videos I come up like yesterday. I think he put out like about four or five of them and I got notified every time. I'm not even subscribed to the friggin guy. And the stuff is coming on. It just, it's like you had mentioned, even in his incoherent cycle babble at the beginning saying, don't try this at home and hope you like it. Um, dude, you're trying it at home right now. Uh, and just like, it, 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 not only does it give professional wrestling a bad name, it gives the fans a bad name. The fact that people are actually enjoying this shit. That's right. And I mean, the, the idiot's just continuously doing this. And, and every time he does, he's like, don't try this at home. Yet you're doing it at home. So you, clearly you want people to do this at home because you're showing people what to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. So you need you need to just stop, dude. This has just gotten to the point where where it's it's honestly just ridiculous. And and for somebody who's been in the business, and I I, I was known as the extreme Canadian Carl Carefell. I did yeah. these types of matches. I did hardcore matches. Mm-hmm. I did stuff with barbed wire. I did stuff with baseball bats, kendo sticks. I never went as far as light tubes. But I've done all this different stuff in the business. And you're going out there and doing this, and you're putting a bad light on it. Dude, if you want to do this stuff, go and get trained. Go and get trained how to do it. And then go and work for a company that is putting on this shock core professional wrestling. Oh, we'll get to that part too. But like I said, I'm getting these notifications when these friggin' videos are going live. And then they're so short. So it's like, okay, whatever. Watch it. And then you see these these videos are like seconds old and they already have more views or and whatnot than our whole entire podcast from the, the two plus years that we've been putting into this. That's when my head almost explodes, Carl. And also with this, the one that really, really gets me going, I'm not even an in-ring talent here, Carl. <sighs> okay. I'm, this is going to get, this is going to get a little nasty. I'm, I'm going to swear here, folks. This fucking kid is getting booked on wrestling shows. Even Game Changer Wrestling is booking this idiot. What is going on with this world? It's it's a it's a it's a minor draw. That's what it is. Local, smaller, independent shows are going to book these stupid assholes because they figure they're going to draw in more people for their show and try to make more money. Uh, that's clearly all that this is. Any promoter with half a brain would be looking at this kid and going, you're an idiot. Don't fucking yeah. come near us. Yeah. The, the, and the sad part here, Carl, is, is like when you see these videos come up and you, you see people in, encouraging and actually saying, oh, yeah, that, that was your best one yet and whatnot. There, there's there's no defending this. As somebody who's a lifelong wrestling fan, like I said at the beginning, I would have been perfectly fine if this was just stupid stunts. Like what, what he used to do at the kind of beginning would, would be that this is where this is all coming from. Like this 
moron would drink like a whole thing of, of hot sauce and then run like face first into a tree or something. I went perfectly fine if it was stated that. Like I said, where I started to have the problem was when he when there was this wrestling kind of context when you'd be like, oh, I'm doing this front thing, Sabu kind of style when he's making it look like he's being a wrestler. But, oh, like anybody defending this, you, no chance, no chance. The, 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 there's there's no redeeming value here whatsoever. No, there isn't. <sighs> yeah, that, that 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 felt good to get off my chest, and <laughs> I, I I just I hope that like I had mentioned, ga- uh, game changer wrestling. Uh, they're not an insignificant thing out there. They're, they're the ones that are going to be putting on this uh, blood the, the next blood sport uh, one where they do the the, the event. Um, where they do the the ring with no ropes and whatnot. And Josh Barnett is the one behind this. This is the same company booking this freaking kid. Mm. Yep. Oh no, I, I I totally get yeah. it. I totally understand. Um, thankfully for all of the viewers um, or listeners, you didn't get to see the actual angry Carl. Maybe one day we'll uh, <laughs> do an all out uh, uh, uncensored uh, television or uh, not television but radio <laughs> podcast yeah. show for you. And, uh, yeah. you know, kind of let me go loose. I try to keep my tongue in check and I, I, I tried as best I could in this yeah. one. And, and man, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. I don't think that there's anything else that could really come, could come up that would piss me off more than this. It, it would take a lot. Um, just, it, it's a disturbing trend and where it really gets me as, as a content creator. Like I said, when these videos go live, and then in the span of less than a minute, they get more than we have gotten in our two years of being uh, a podcast, Carl. That's where I really, really start to have problems. And I, and I question humanity of appreciating good content as opposed to shit. Right. That's what that nope. is. It's exactly what it is. <sighs> okay. I think that uh, we're going to leave it at that, Carl, because we could. Yep. I, I could go on a tirade for a long time about this friggin' kid, and I, and I, I probably would about as Jim Cornette as I can kind of go. I could I could go further, but I don't want to destroy all of our credibility just to waste on this friggin' kid. So we will move exactly. on from that, Carl. It's um, like I said, interesting week in the world of professional wrestling. This kind of came in and kind of soured things a little bit, but we're going into All Out. I'm looking forward to that show, and hopefully that'll kind of override all this kind of crap. I will say though. AEW, anybody from this company, Matt Jackson, Cody, Tony, looking right at you guys right now. If you ever use this kid, I will never watch your show ever. Done. Done. (laughs) Okay, Carl, that about wraps up here for this week. So to listen to the podcast, of course, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, CastBox, and of course we are powered by the grill position.com. We are a proud part of the Roar network. Make sure and check everybody out of there. And of course we are presented by the HTM podcast network, tons of great content there all the time. And of course, even those PW hustle guys like to, uh, work the broad, no, sorry, the Brock Lesnar schedule and they just popped up again there recently. So go check them out as well. I think that about wraps up for this week, Carl. It sure does. And if you guys want to continue to listen to our program and even see stuff that we do on our social media, make sure you go and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. Absolutely. All right. That about wraps it up, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao. 
It's me, it's me. It's an Arnold B2B. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.